Welcome to CTSNet to Go, bringing your discussions about the most relevant topics in cardiothoracic surgery. The Cardiothoracic Surgery Network, known as CTSNet, aims to connect the global cardiothoracic surgical community through communication, collaboration, education, and interaction among cardiothoracic surgeons and their teams across the globe. Learn more at ctsnet.org. My name is Shanda Blackman, and I'm just one of the hosts of CTSNet2Go. In this podcast, you will be exposed to one of the roundtables that will show you what surgeons today are talking about. Very good. We're here with uh, Dr. Jose Navia, uh, cardiac surgeon uh, from the Cleveland Clinic. I'm uh, Juan Umania, adult cardiac surgeon practicing in Bogota, Colombia. Dr. Navia is uh, a well-known surgeon, originally trained uh, in uh, Argentina, and moved to the Cleveland Clinic where he finished his uh, cardiac surgical training Correct. in 1996, I yes. believe, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, Dr. Navia has several areas of expertise, including minimally invasive cardiac surgery, has developed several devices, and more recently has uh, developed a uh, complex uh, operation uh, which is called the hemi-commando procedure. Uh, before we talk about the uh, hemi-commando procedure, uh, Jose, why don't you tell us a little bit about the history of the commando operation? Uh, there is some debate as to whether uh, the origin of the operation was in Toronto or if it was in Cleveland Clinic. The uh, uh, original paper was published by Tyrone and David in 1996, I believe. Correct. But there are uh, other versions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I started training in the Cleveland Clinic in 1994. At the time, uh, Dr. Lytle was working in aggressive endocarditis with involved aortic and mitral valve and then also the intertrial fibers of the heart. Um, it was interesting to see how this, this big operation can be done with the reconstruction of the, of the valve and replacing of the valve. At the time, Dr. Teron David started working on the same, same concept and then um, reconstruct the heart with a bovine pericardium and replace the valve, rec remove all the tissue, very aggressive debridement. And Dr. Lytle at the same time did the same way. So both together, I think, uh, um, working in the same concept to attack this kind of very, very aggressive infection by removing all the infected tissue, reconstruct the valve, and change the valve. So this is a very sick patient. And then I was thinking, uh, and the evolution of this, uh, this big surgery tried to simplify the surgery because, as I told you before, most of the patients that we've seen right now, uh, they have prosthetic valve endocarditis in which create an infection, prosthetic valve infection, uh, aortic root abscess, and the extension of this disease to the intertrigal fibrosis trigon and the aortic mitral membrane and also invade the anterior leaflet. And I was thinking in myself, so why we need to change two valves if we can repair the mitral valve, preserve the mitral valve, and reconstruct all the other valves. That was the idea of this EMI commando, to simplify the technique, basically. It is, it is a huge operation, and an operation that, that, that uh, we as surgeons all over the world are in need of performing more and more uh, with the uh, with patients living longer, uh, surviving for longer period of time, uh, periods of time with uh, prosthetic uh, uh, valves. 
Uh, and also due to the uh, you know, recent spike in the use of uh, IV drugs, uh, right. we, we, we are certainly seeing more and more endocarditis. Why don't you tell us a little bit, obviously the evolution to the hemicommando procedure was probably uh, a, uh, came from the evaluation or the uh, analysis of results within the commando operation uh, cohort. What, what were those results? Why yeah, the result was, as, as you mentioned very well, so very sick, comor very high comorbidity patient. Most of the patients are in the ICU, reoperation, in emergency situations. And doing a two replacement reconstruction has a tremendous morbidity and mortality associated between different, different uh, articles of uh, data between 8% to 30%. So we have these kind of complex problems after the surgery, not just only for the, during the surgery, but also recovery these patients. As I always say that this, uh, this operation is so important for the young surgeon to, un to understand the approach of this. First approach of the surgery is how can we perfuse the patient? How can we open? All the strategy to perfusion is important. The second stage of this operation, commando, hemi-commando, is reconstruction, remove all the tissue be a big uh, aggressive debridement and reconstruct and then the third is replace the valve. The, the third portion of the operation is coming off the pump. How the strategy because most of these patients has a very low um, low um, uh, pressures, uh, uh, septic uh, parameters, a lot of coagulopathy, edema. So very important how can you manage the coming off the pump and then when you have to close the patient, when you have to uh, do some uh, intraoral volume pump, use another extra corporeal circulation or ECMO for some uh, pulmonary problem. So these three stages of the surgery is very important, critical for, for manage this kind of patient. Very good. Now you mentioned that the uh, mortality uh, for the commando operation ranges between 18 and 30 percent. Correct. How was that impacted by the uh, hemi-commando We operation? have done um, the first uh, paper that we published this year with 17 patients, actually uh, in, in, in uh, 17 patients in ter of uh, between 2010 to 2017. So uh, we moving forward to more and more patients, uh, we have only three, per three patients die, 8% of the patients. So uh, very important for us to reduce the mortality. We see reduced morbidity and mortality. Only uh, one patient requires uh, ECMO intraoperative. We have no death in the operative procedures. So we have only three patients die in intra-hospitalary intra uh, death. Uh, and the evolution over time, uh, one year is 91% survival, and three years, 82%. So we are very, uh, very satisfied with the result right that now. Is, that is a, a phenomenal very, improvement. Very, very important. Phenomenal improvement. For those of you watching, and I, you can click on the link to watch uh, the video of the operation performed by Dr. Navia. Now, why don't you give us some tips and, uh, as to how to perform the operation? Uh, for those of uh, for those watching uh, this interview, uh, for me personally, uh, uh, practicing in, in Latin America, uh, and, and and from there we'll go on to to discuss uh, how surgeons can train uh, to yeah. do this. Uh, which hospitals uh, should be doing these operations? Should everybody try to do it? I, I believe not. Well, the operation is, 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 um, is uh, usually take uh, a long, long surgery. It's like a 200 minutes of cardiopulmonary bypass. It's a three to four hour surgery. Uh, in summary, usually um, I approach the patient with try to transect the SVC to approach the matchup through the dome of the left atrial and also transect the aorta to see very well the, the disease. And this remove the 
previous prosthetic aortic valve, they breathe all the all the circulars. Most of the time, it's circular abscess around the uh, aortic annulus, and then remove all the anterior leaflet, the clear zone of the anterior leaflet infected. So in this area, you remove aorta, aortic annulus, aortic mitral membrane, and all the clear zone of the anterior leaflet. Preservation of the subalbar apparatus on the rose zone of the free edge of the, and the anterior leaflet maintain the, the, um, the valve, the mitral valve. Most of the patient, I would say, 80, more than 80% of the patient has an aortic root abscess involved the anterior leaflet, but completely intact the posterior leaflet and the subalbar apparatus. It doesn't need to be replaced. So basically, we size the homograph with a here dilator, and then we match the distance of the segment of the anterior leaflet of the native anterior leaflet resected with the anterior leaflet of the homograph. And then we suture back together with the 3O proline around. Then we repair the mitral valve with the, with the annuloplastid because the, initials, uh, the initial 10 patients, we didn't do that. So I saw in the echocardiogram after that, there's some hypermobility of the anterior leaflet. And the reason why is because the two trigons are completely lost of the connection of the, of the fibrous skeleton of the heart. If you don't put this, this is start moving, uh, moving too much during the surgery, after surgery. So we repair the mitral valve, we reconstruct the anterior leaflet with the anterior leaflet of the homograph, and then after that we do the, all the sutures of the uh, aortic homograph, most of the time of the alpha tract because all the annulus is completely destroyed. So we suture running suture technique of the homograph, and mainly this is the operation. So sometimes, because the tissue are so fragile, I put a patch of pericardium on the alpha tract. And the reason why is because you have to have a healthy tissue to put the stitches. Sometimes when you pull down the homograph to sit and you pull the, the suture, you can tear the tissue. So this is another, another thing that you have to clear, have in mind, to put some, some pericardial patch inside the LV in order to, to support these uh, sutures. Right. Then after that, you connect the two cornea ostium, like a no normal homograph implantation, and close the dome of the left atrium with a patch of bovine pericardium or altoral pericardium. Right. That's, that's basically it. What, for those who don't have homographs available to them, uh, is there an option? Uh, what, what other yeah. tissues can, <coughs> can we use? Autologous pericardium, yeah, uh, decellularized pericardium, uh, uh, what, what are the options? Bovine pericardium. I, I prefer to use autologous pericardium because it's a patient pericardium. It's more flexible. Autologous pericardium is the best. Bovine pericardium could be. Dacon graph, I don't like to do that. Some, some surgeons do that, but I don't like because they become very, very stiff. So the mobility of the anterior leaflet could be, have problems like stenosis or, or prolapse too. So I don't like to use uh, this kind of uh, graph material. Right. Autologous or bovine pericardium should be fantastic. If you don't have a homograph, like in Latin America, um, I think uh, the, um, the stainless valve could be one of the, the solution for this, this kind of patient that you, can, you cannot reconstruct anything because it's so destroyed. So you have to you know, suture like any root, uh, like a freestyle, right. uh, and, and to overcome this problem if you don't have homograph. That's that's uh, that, that's that's great advice. True. Now the uh, uh, there, there's there's of course a question of uh, relationship between uh, volume, hospital volume, surgical mm -hmm. you know surgeons volume, sure. uh, and results. Uh, this th these cases even at a, at a center like yourself, like like Cleveland, 
you clearly have uh, uh, a volume that is not massive. We're talking about 60 patients compared to 50 patients. Sure. Uh, what would your recommendation be for lower volume centers or centers that, that tend to see more uh, more and more endocarditis. Uh, I think, uh, as you mentioned very well, in Ohio we have an epidemic of uh, IV drug abuse patients. So this is all around the country, and most of patients around the world have uh, endocarditis. So we we see more and more. The, the key issue is try to train people, surgeons, mainly young surgeons. As I mentioned before, when we discuss. Um, the evolution of the, the valve disease is in treatments going towards the transcatheter valve. But endocarditis is going to be driven by cardiac surgeons. So cardiac surgeons need to learn that. So I think it's our responsibility to teach, teach these surgeons. And when you have a difficult cases like these and your center has no possibility to do it, just transfer to referral centers that we can, we can uh, address this problem. Mainly in young patients that we've been seeing a tremendous amount of opportunity to, to fix it. And as we're running out of time, uh, one last question. Sure. The role of the heart team uh, in the management of these patients. Fantastic. That's a good question. I think um, preoperative, uh, the role of cardiologists, ima images, neurologists, ID, is and an ICU is tremendous to work together because in order to save this patient, you have to be a, a preoperative images and diagnosis. Uh, most of the patient we do the CT scan of the brain, uh, sometimes angiogram to see there's no mycotic aneurysm. We control by TE, see if the valve is rocking or embolized or how much, uh, uh, how big is the vegetation. So this is all the discussion to see when we have to act as a cardiac surgeon. Then after that, post-op, as I mentioned before, is very important not just only in the ICU, but also in recovery. So pacemaker, EPS people, most of the patients have heart block, so they have to have epicardial replacement or pacemaker. Uh, IV, IV um, antibiotics with a, a, at least a month and a half after that. IV drug abuse patients have to recovery uh, for addiction dependence. So there's a lot of things you have to do in, the, in, a, in a team, but cardiac surgery alone cannot do that. So it has to be a team, a team effort. Well, this, is, this has been fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh, and, and, uh, and we could clearly go on uh, for a much longer period of time. Uh, I look forward to uh, continuing this uh, discussion and conversation. I hope it was uh, uh, useful to uh, everybody watching. Uh, uh, I, I, it, and, and I believe that, that contacting you or through, sure. through uh, Cleveland Clinic Absolutely. Uh, for, uh, for further training is something we should all look forward to doing. Absolutely. Then there's a, there's a video on the website that uh, you can take a look at all the steps. I, I summary is in two minutes, but it takes a long time for, uh, but it can be done. It's just only training is more important for, for everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. All right. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to CTS Net to Go, your resource for podcasts focusing on cardiothoracic surgery. Find more discussions as well as surgical videos and other cardiothoracic surgery resources at ctsnet.org. You can also keep up with CTSNet by subscribing to the YouTube channel at CTSNet Video, by following at CTSNet.org on Twitter, or by liking CTSNet's page on Facebook. I'm Shanda Blackman. Thank you for joining us on this latest episode of CTS Net to Go. Have a great day.